It's Daily Thunder, the truth of Jesus Christ dished out live every morning from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado with a bit of manly grit and gusto. Find out more at live.ellerslie.com. Now, here's Nathan Johnson. Well, welcome to another Daily Thunder. I figured while I'm here at the Dead Sea, I might as well give you one more just kind of nugget to chew on for this day. And uh, sorry, the sun's starting to set, so if I start to squint, (laughs) it's because it's rather bright out here. Uh, Well, it's interesting as we look again at this Dead Sea, there's not a lot that happens here. And again, yesterday in the Daily Thunder, uh, we talked about this idea of the Ezekiel prophecy, how the river that is flowing from the throne of God is like coming into the Dead Sea and causing it to become fresh water. And there's going to be fishing and all all the the richness of the Mediterranean is going to end up happening right here. Now, it's intriguing that the Dead Sea is really shrinking between one and three feet every single year. And of course, they're working on some potential solutions of how to maybe bring up some water from the Red Sea in order to begin to refill it. But because of the need of fresh water is so important, there's actually not a lot of water coming from the Jordan River into the Dead Sea. So it's actually shrinking every single year. Well, if you go back to the book of Joshua chapter 3, it's intriguing that right across the Dead Sea, uh, there's a mountain on the northern shore called Mount Nebo. And that would be the mountain that Moses stood upon, that he was surveying the land, that God was really showing him the entire land from from all the way in the north to all the way in the south and all the way to the Mediterranean. It's actually incredible because from that mountain, you actually cannot see all of Israel. And yet God somehow allowed Moses to see the entirety of the land, the, the promised land, even though he wouldn't be able to enter into it. Well, it says that Joshua took the command and led the Israelites into the plain of Moab and was standing there and they're about to cross over into the, uh, cross over the Jordan River and uh, enter into the promised land. And of course, you know the story well, but the angel, uh, which I actually believe would be a messianic angel or the, uh, the Christophonic angel, if you will. In other words, I actually think it was Jesus. And part of that reasoning is it's actually beautiful, but no angel ever allowed a human to worship the angel. But yet this angel demands worship from Joshua. In fact, the angel says, hey, take off your sandals. Just like, he, just like the bush told Moses, hey, take off your sandals for where you're standing is holy ground. And it's an act of worship. So I, and again, the angel is the commander of the Lord's army, which obviously is Jesus. So when you kind of put all this together, it actually seems more likely that it is Jesus who uh, Joshua is talking to. But after this whole scene, it says they came to the banks of the Jordan River. And it says that the banks were overflowing. So we know it's springtime. Uh, there's this mighty torrent of water. Now it is kind of sad because if you come to Israel today and you look at the Jordan River in, flowing into the Dead Sea, it's but merely a trickle at this point because they're using all the fresh water and, and the fresh water is so valuable that they just can't afford uh, to let it go. But, but at this point in, in the story of Joshua, the banks were overflowing and, and Joshua uh, has the priest carry the ark and it says that as the priests in Joshua chapter 3 step into the Jordan River, the Jordan River literally stops. The, the flow ceases. And so they're able to cross over on dry land. Again, it's just an incredible picture of the faithfulness of God. Again, it's like a repeat of the miracle story of the Red Sea. And of course, as they're crossing over the Jordan River, uh, Joshua has the people pick up 12 stones and make a memorial as a reminder of God's faithfulness of what he is doing here at the Jordan River, which is flowing right into the Dead Sea. Now, there's something that we tend to miss in the passage, which is just absolutely amazing. In fact, it's one of my all-time favorite Christophanies. And of course, if you hang around here very often, 
uh, we talk about this idea of the Christophany frequently, and it's this idea, it's a picture in the Old Testament that is showcasing the gospel or the glory or the person of Jesus Christ. And this is one of those stories. It really is just profound to me. So just think about this. Uh, here's Joshua, and he gets to the banks of the Jordan River. And he looks at the priest and he says, I want you to take the ark. Now you realize that the ark is symbolic of the presence of God. It's literally the, the, the thing that the Israelites have that is a picture of God's very presence. Uh, for example, when they went into the battles, they always took the ark. Well, why would they take the ark? Because it was a symbol, it was a declaration saying that God is fighting on our behalf. So imagine this, here are the priests who are carrying uh, the, the symbol of the presence of God. And it says in Joshua 3 that when the priest stepped into the Jordan River, the moment that the presence of God stepped into that river, that which was flowing stopped. But it's interesting that the book of Joshua records the city of where the water ceased. It said that the water ceased from a place called Adam, a town called Adam, all the way to the sea. And the, dead, the sea referring obviously to the Dead Sea. So the water ceased. And where did the water cease from? Well, it ceased from a place called Adam all the way to the Dead Sea. Now, just ponder this. This is a phenomenal picture of the gospel. When the presence of God steps into the waters, that which flowed from Adam and flowed all the way unto death ceased. Do you see the gospel in that? That is ah, it's so phenomenal. So think about this. What is it that starts at Adam and flows unto death? What flows to the death? Well, it's our sin, it's our sin nature, it's the corruption of our lives. And what has God done? Well, by Jesus on the cross, he's literally stepped right into the flow of that and has literally caused it to cease. So that which started with Adam and literally only can flow under one place, it only leads to death. You realize that has ceased and it no longer is flowing. What a phenomenal thought, isn't it? That when Jesus gets smack dab in the middle of your life, that which has always produced death, that which only leads to death, stops. In other words, it is Jesus that brings salvation and life. Like we mentioned in yesterday's Daily Thunder, it's when the presence of God is really flowing into that which has always been death, it makes the dead thing living. It makes it alive, maybe for the first time ever. Isn't that a neat thought? In fact, it's not just living, but it becomes a place of production. It becomes a place of life. And the very things that is representative of life, which is, you know, the animals and the, the trees and the, the nourishment and the, the healing balm of all this stuff, it is now made available because that which was once dead is now made alive. Why? Because of the presence of our God. Isn't that a neat picture? So even though there's this phenomenal dead sea behind me, and even though it is incredible to swim in, well, float in, and I encourage you to come at some point and do it because it is it is just, every time I do it, it just makes me giggle. I just, ah, I love it. Pro chuckle. Probably chuckle is better since guys don't giggle, they chuckle. So I've, I've been chuckling every time I get into the Dead Sea. But I just want you to ponder this idea that God doesn't leave something dead. That his presence brings life. That which has always flowed unto death has ceased and now he is bringing life. Oh, what an amazing thought. Well, I hope that's just a good meditation and thought for you as I'm here in Israel on this phenomenal study tour. And I mentioned this before, but if you're interested in coming with me on a potential future study tour, I know the next one is scheduled for April of 2020, but if you want any of those details, uh, I would encourage you to come check out the website deeperchristian.com forward slash Israel, which will either have all the information 
or I'll have a place where you can sign up to get the latest information as soon as it is released. So until tomorrow, hey, may you just experience the riches of God's blessing. Daily Thunder is a production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training and the Bravehearted Media Group. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and see it once again gain the stride of the Spirit emboldened and brave. The Daily Thunder video stream can be watched live daily at 8.15 a.m. Mountain Time, Monday through Saturday, and 7.15 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Join us at live.ellerslie.com. Please consider booking a stopover at the lovely Ellerslie campus at the foot of the majestic Rocky Mountains for one day, one week, one semester, or for an entire season. We hope to see you someday soon live and in person. Thanks for listening.